Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of Squad Up, the podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and joining me on the show today, we have our Mario extraordinaire, astronaut also, Peaches. What's up, man? (laughs) Man, I'm usually preparing something stupid to say back to you. Can't prepare you, something stupid if I say something yeah, stupid first. You trump carded me before I can trump card you, man. Hi. <laughs> I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Living the dream, man. Also joining us, uh, the Sound Lord Extraordinaire. I said the Sound Lord in the description of the Sound Lord, but it's the Sound Lord, Chris. What's hey, up, man? It's me, Lord of Sound. What's going well, on, you know. dude? What's going on, guys? Uh, it's been a, a fun past week of gaming and there is a whole lot to talk about so i'm going to run through you guys what we're going to be talking about here on the show we're going to be going through e3 but we're not going to do it in the typical sense we're not going to talk about every little thing that went down at e3 because that's kind of boring you guys don't want to hear us talk about every single press conference what we're going to do is we're going to talk to you each uh we're going to talk about what we're excited about and then we're going to talk to you about maybe some things that we're not so excited about. But first, I want to hear what you guys have been playing. First off, I want to hear about this weird phone game you guys are both playing. Yes. <laughs> um, even though it's not even on your list, but you were showing oh, it to me before I the added show. It to my and list. I want to know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's on his list now. Yeah. Okay. It's the very it's first official. thing. Yeah. Because I, I know <laughs> you've been Konami playing it too. Konami Pixel pieces. Puzzle Collection. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. We have like the same list this week. Yeah, we really do. It's, very, it's very similar. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so this weird phone game we're playing. All right, uh, if you are familiar, or maybe you're not, there is a type of uh, puzzle out there. I think they're officially called monograms, but uh, most people know it as Pcross. Uh, that's like the Nintendo trademark for it, because I think Nintendo has a series called Pcross, and they've done Mario Pcross and Zelda Pcross and uh, Pokemon Pcross and a bunch of other ones. And what Pcross or nonograms are is they will do like a five by five or a 10 by 10 or 15 by 15 or whatever size grid. Uh, and there'll be numbers at the top uh, along the X axis and the Y axis of the grid, uh, telling you how many uh, of the uh, squares are supposed to be filled in. And you use logic to figure out uh, how it all works together. It's hard to explain in. Uh, it looks like reverse Sudoku. Uh, it's you know it's it, i mean sort of yeah yeah because it's uh, uh you're actually using the numbers to just fill in but when you're done filling in all the all the blocks uh if you do it correctly it makes a picture yeah i wouldn't necessarily say it's it's like sudoku other than the fact that it's a logic puzzle but it's it's kind of cool because it's just i use it every morning to wake up like i usually for like the last seven or eight years of my life, probably even longer, I wake up every morning by playing some sort of mobile games to like get the gears moving, get the gears turning or whatever. And uh, it's a good thing to wake up to because it, it tests your brain power. But it's cool because the pictures at the end are fun. And this one is video game themed. So all the pictures are from old Konami games. And most of the time, I don't know about you guys, most of the time when I'm playing my mobile games, like I don't really turn the sound on because I don't want to disturb the people around me. But I like always have the sound on on this game because it has really cool music while you're playing. Like Bloody Tears is playing while I'm solving a puzzle. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's music from Castlevania, so. music from Gradius. Um, 
and a bunch of other Bomberman, yeah, Bomberman a bunch of other Konami series. Uh, the music uh, is represented in the game, and it, it is like the one exception to not playing a mobile game on silent for for me as well. Uh, Have you ever played a? a colored nonogram i know that sounded really racist i know what you mean and yes i have Uh, (laughs) we'll be back in the 1950s the the other the other one that i play uh regularly is called hungry cat pcross um (laughs) the here i'll pull it up right now for those of you looking at home and the main reason i play it once Mm. a week at least is because every tuesday they add a new puzzle where it'll be like nine different puzzles that you do and the way that one is different is that it'll actually uh instead of just giving you numbers it'll give you numbers in different colors and you'll have like four different colors to pick from and you have to uh, fill in correctly the right colors and it'll actually make a design uh when it's all done yeah so one thing that's different about the two of them like the black and white ones versus the colored puzzles if you i'll show my my screen again and obviously if you're listening to this you won't see this but um in the grid that you're trying to solve this for, you can see in every row and column, there's like numbers and they're separated. You know, the very top middle row or the top middle column says five, one, five, one, five, right. Or two, one, two, one, two. Hello. I'm looking at it backwards. And that means in a black and white puzzle, that means that there's two squares filled in, in a row, followed by one, followed by two, followed by one, etc. And they have to all be separated by at least one blank square. But in the colored nonogram puzzles, there's not necessarily a space between the numbers if the colors are different. So it, it just adds a little bit of challenge. But also the final picture usually looks a lot cooler because it's filled in with color. This is like a weird niche moment yeah. that we're all having. Yeah, for example, here's what one of the color ones will look like. Oh, at the look end. at that parrot. parrot. Yeah. So that yeah. kind of exercises a different part of your brain. Yeah, but it, it is a great thing to wake up to because it actually does require some logic you know it actually does require a little bit of brain power to to solve these puzzles so it's you know like i like to do maybe crossword puzzles in the morning sometimes but this is a another good way to wake up you know i've also been um playing a little bit of puzzling myself i've got this new game it's not i don't don't know if it's new so it started off as a dota 2 mod and it's called dota auto chess Hmm. And I want to talk to you about it because it's super weird, but it's actually really fun to play. So it's um, there are 10 people all playing chess against each other, but it's not like traditional chess. There are little figures, not little figures, but like little um, minions you buy throughout the course of the game. And then you essentially create an army and then every round your army automatically fights the other like team's army. I've got a picture of it that I'll throw up on the screen on the chair on the um on the stream if you take a look here, take that listeners put it down there look at that <laughs> so that's essentially what the board looks like right here um you have like a bench here that you can put people in um you every round you like if you win you get money that you can buy ones and then you get like a random assortment like a five and then you can sort of buy and then like if you get three of the same one you can combine them into a stronger one and then so on and so forth and you're essentially like playing this game there's like um there's an equal pool with all of them. So if you see somebody else is going for a t- particular like race type, because there's race types and class types. And if you see somebody's going for all of the warriors, you can then like go for the class type that no one else is going for. And then you'll have a stronger army because yours can all combine into stronger units. 
Um, so is there an advantage for that units have other, over other units, or is there yeah? Like so there are some advantages. Some of them they all do weird different things. Like none of not all the units are the same. For example, the druid units can combine. If you have two or more of them on the board, you can combine them with two instead of three. So it helps you build like a really strong army really quickly. But they don't have any other extra abilities. The warriors all give you like extra health. Uh, to all of your units and things like that. Warriors! And so the the really cool thing about it is they came out with a mobile app because it was a mod. And then the people that made the mod, Dota and League of Legends are all coming out with their version of this game. And it's all happening Wait, really? like within the next week. Yeah, so the creators League? of the mod um, are starting their own, they like branched off, they're going to the Epic Game Store and making their own version of it on the <laughs> Epic Game Store. Dota is coming out with its own version of it. And then League is also like, hey, we want a piece of this. And they're also coming out with their own version of it. The League part surprises me, but I almost feel like if it follows the same suit, that League is going to do the best version of it in the well, long right. run. I, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm just waiting. to Right now I'm playing the mobile game and I'm waiting for the dust to settle to see who like the king of all of those is. And then I'll play that one. But it's actually a really fun little game. You're trying to... You're trying to get back in the league, huh? Is that what you're trying that to is, tell us? No. And my main problem with this game right now is it's like <laughs> a game of League of Legends and the rounds can last like 25 minutes. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but I don't have time to pay 25 minutes on a phone game. No, and also you can't break away. If, I mean, if it's the same thing as League, you can't break away from that once it starts. So you you're can't. like 25 consecutive minutes of nobody bother me and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas out there don't understand that you can't pause a game like that your significant other doesn't understand that you can't pause a game like that well and like the thing about games like league of legends that are even more stress inducing is that like it's take a game like call of duty if you pop out for like a minute in a game of call of duty no big deal right like you just jump back in you get a couple kills if you pop out of a game of league of legends for a minute You've lost out on experience. You've lost out on somebody ganking somewhere. You've lost out on all kinds. Of, you've probably lost your team the game. Right. So like For that one minute. For the one crazy. minute you weren't there. Yeah. Chris, have you ever played League of Legends? <laughs> I tried to get him to play League of Legends. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to let him answer this. I tried to get him to play League of Legends. I, I was on his ass about this for like three yes, or four years. True. While I was playing and nobody else in our friend group was, while you and I were playing, Eduardo, mm -hmm. and I was like, Chris, get in here. And he I, I never, never did, wanted to and play I'm so with sorry. us. I remember the very uh, first you know time what? you met my brother, you tried to get him to play. Uh, you <laughs> <laughs> like, I loved it yeah. for a long time, man. No. I wanted people to play with that so weren't no one plays it anymore, because... so I'll probably start soon. <laughs> <laughs> But then you're going to want us to play it because you probably also don't want to play with the assholes. You know, I'm looking at your guys' list and you guys have a lot of like carryover and I'm kind of jealous. But okay, so you, I have carryover. You guys Whoa. have both like match up on a lot of your games. Yeah. Oh, and so okay. I want to get it on that too. Um, like, for example, I want that I really, really, really want to hear about is Cadence of Hyrule because the game looks really, really fun. I'll let Chris go first because he actually was playing the original game. Yes, yeah, I, I have not gotten Cadence of Hyrule yet. Oh, I didn't even... Yo, you it. got Crypt of the Necker Dancer. got it. Yeah, because that was on sale on the PlayStation Store for like a dollar. Yeah. Like a month or two ago, so I was like, I'm going to get this. It's on sale again right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I think it's on sale on the Switch as well. Um, <laughs> for, I'll confirm. So I, um, 
I do kind of wish I had it on Switch. I, I don't regret spending a dollar on it, but it would be a great game to play on Switch. Um, but isn't that just the story of every... Literally game every game ever. Yeah. Like The it Witcher 3 coming to Switch. Uh-huh, I have to like right? redo my list because, you know what? I'm redoing that. Hold on. I saw that you... Well, I was shocked that you did not have Witcher 3 on your list, but well, we'll yeah, why you know, do you, get to that Why do you later. care about Xbox? I'll talk about it in a sec, but yeah, I'm changing but, my list. Anyway. So Crypt of the Necrodancer. So I've been playing the original. And what Crypt of the Necrodancer is, uh, it is a roguelike uh, kind of dungeon game where it randomly generates a dungeon, but it is mixed with a rhythm game. So you have to like move on the beat and the different enemies move on the beat as well. And they have different patterns. Like one will maybe uh, like on one beat, they'll move a, a space over and then the next beat, they will stop and like do a little move, and then they'll move, and you have to be able to uh, uh, anticipate how the enemies are going to move along with your movements, and you need to keep moving on every beat to keep your coin multiplier going so that you can buy better weapons and other weapons all interact differently. And it is incredibly hard, first of all. Uh, it is a very hard game, but it is such an inventive idea. It is a lot of fun. Peaches is... Uh, Slapping what is this switch sale right now they just had one guys don't don't open the switch shop right yeah, now everything don't is like it. half off because of e3 you're yeah. gonna spend so much money in here yes yeah there's a i lot can't on even sale right now i'm scrolling down i'm scrolling down and normally the longer you scroll down in the shop you know like the, the worse the, the games more get. out there the games yeah, get like yeah. you haven't heard of them and i'm still seeing like big titles down here guys i've been scrolling for half an hour. Yeah, there are a lot of games few, that are on sale. Like, oh, I wish I had that. Like, Okami I could look at uh, I could look at a roll, or I could look at a row. I could give you a crazy good game on every row all the way down. Let's hear Crash it. Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, Sega Genesis Classics game, uh, Sonic Mania, Tales of Vesperia, uh, Hyrule Warriors, Mortal Kombat 11, Kirby Star Allies, Katamari Damashi Reroll, Final Fantasy 12, Final Fantasy 10, Okami. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Doom, Dead Cells, Diablo 3, um, um, Undertale, Final Fantasy 9. For Celeste. personal reasons, uh, how, how much is uh, Tropical Freeze <laughs> marked down? Uh, Tropical Freeze is 33% off. It's from $59.99 to $40. Um, Skyrim, which everybody owns at this point, but still Skyrim, Final Fantasy 7, Cuphead, Mario Kart 8 is also 33% off. Stardew Valley, Hollow Knight is 50% off. If you don't have that game already, get it, you get, it get it, get it, get uh, it. Crypt of the Necrodancer, never... 80% off. It's four bucks. Holy yes. shit. Yes. <laughs> don't Chris, open this right now. Chris, I know you are the sound lord, but I'm going to need you to take an, your own clip of you going, get it, get it, get it, get it, and put it on like an Ariana Grande song. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that'll be our hip-hop remix i can't, I can't it's, wait it's it's you and robbie feature yeah. it's sound lord featuring big tariff <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyways i didn't know that this this episode at all was going to be about the nintendo switch sale right now yeah and i don't know how long this is going on if you're in our twitch stream right now you might be the only people knowing that this is going on by the time it ends but listen this is insane there's just so many games in here that are great. Uh, the eShop sale, I believe, runs through... Um, hang on, it's on their website. 
Is it through Tuesday? Oh, the offer ends on June 18th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. It ends on my birthday. Ah. Shoot. Well, we better buy some stuff right now. So, um... (laughs) Put the podcast on hold. (laughs) I'm going to keep talking about Crypto the Necrodancer. Yeah, please. uh, For for another minute. Uh, Just... Uh, I was just saying that it is a very difficult game, but it is a very inventive idea. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I've only finished after playing for a long time. The, it's uh, it's broken up into different zones, and each zone is three stages and then a boss. Um, Bosses? Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and I think it even randomly selects a boss from like a pool of bosses because I got to the end of zone one a couple times and got different bosses. Um, I only just finally beat Zone 1 like two days ago. Uh, so it's hard, but it is a lot of fun. And as you're playing, you get more currency and everything, and then you you can make it so that you will find better weapons as you're playing, which makes it easier and easier as you go along. And you unlock different characters who play the game a little bit differently. Uh, hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So with that being said, uh, Peaches, speak on uh, Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about all of that because I haven't got to a point yet where where anything is RNG. Like there's no, so far there's no random generation, but basically um, when you boot up Cadence of Hyrule, there's like a little story about how, you know, there's a new bad guy that came in and he and he like put Zelda and Link to sleep. So you are playing as Cadence for the first for like the tutorial. Cadence and being then, the main character from Crypt of the Necrodancer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the same. Okay, character. so she crosses over. Yeah. So Cadence drops in, and once you get done with the tutorial, you get to choose which one of those two you wake up. So you can wake Link up or you can wake Zelda up. I assume they have different games, mm-hmm. um, different like campaigns. I chose Zelda, so I'm running around as Zelda. She gets some things that only she can have. She also finds things that only Link can use. Um, so I found an item that only Link is allowed to use, but right away I got, um, and I don't remember the name of the move, but in Super Smash Bros, the diamond that she encases herself with. Oh, yeah, um, uh, Ferrara's Wind? No, 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 the other one. I don't remember Neighbor's what it's Love. called. But, but she gets that right away, and she, if you time it right, you can deflect projectiles with it in the game. So Ooh. that's really cool. But it's definitely a different... It's a very different feeling game to kind of try to pay attention to all the enemies on the map and keep moving with the beat. Is you can't if you don't move on the beat, you lose a turn. So like she doesn't hop. She'll like hop forward or hop whatever direction you tell her to hop in. And if you don't time it right, she stays still and everything else continues moving because the enemies can't miss a beat. So it's definitely yeah. weird to get used to because all the enemies do their own special movement and form of attacks. So you kind of have to, on the fly, have this puzzle going on in your head of where do I need to move to avoid all of those enemies? How are they going to come at me? I have a split second to figure it out because I have to move with the beat. Or I have to intentionally not move, but they're going to keep moving because they're in rhythm. Mm. So. It's fun. I haven't fought any bosses yet. I haven't found any RNG. I've just been exploring the Zelda portion of the campaign, and I don't know if it's different with Link. Yeah, and there is a, a mode, I think, in both versions. I, I read that it's in the the Cadence of Hyrule, but I think it's also in the original, where you can actually turn off, like you can switch to a mode where you don't have to move on the beat, and what it is is that the enemies move when you move. 
It's kind of like super hot if you've ever played yeah. that. Oh, uh, like okay. So if so if the rhythm is like scaring you like off that. of of trying it, that is an option as well. Um, I'd recommend trying it with the rhythm uh, because I mean that is kind of the point of the game. But they did make it accessible for people who uh, who maybe can't go along with the rhythm. I think it's great because uh, you know maybe maybe you're in a place where you can't have the sound on, or maybe you cannot hear yourself. Uh, you know, they have yeah. op- options to make it accessible for other people as well. That uh, is cool. I think that still em- that still employs a lot of strategy though. Because oh yeah, you still have to look at and go, okay, where are these enemies going to hop? Because I've just I've spent so much of the first little bit of this game just dying by running into enemies. Uh-huh. Not that not that they are killing me, that I am anticipating their movement wrong, and yeah. I'm just walking into them. Because you have to them. figure out how they work. I mean, that's half the yeah. game is figure out, okay, that's this is what this guy does, so now I know his pattern, so now I know how I can approach it yeah. or not approach it. Um, I think I, well, the best thing about Kansas of Hyrule, I'm really looking forward to getting into it uh, soon, but the fact that Nintendo gave... You know, one of the crown jewels of their of their properties to this little indie developer because they were impressed with with their game and said, "Hey, make a Zelda game with this. Make a crossover game with this." And uh, just Nintendo, who's famously protective of stuff like that, uh, you know, if this is a sign of things to come where we can get some really interesting collaborations coming up in the future, I think it's really exciting. And make no mistake, either. Uh, with a music-based Zelda game, you might worry if the music is not up to par. It absolutely is up oh, to par. Yes. It's freaking awesome. I've listened it's to really... the Overworld theme, and it's really good. So There's also one little thing that I'll add before we move on from this is in some of the maps, there's these tiles that you can step on that increase or decrease the tempo. Mm-hmm. and That forces you to have to move either faster or slower, but all the songs just work really well with that too. So go I'll, get that game. Go get either one. I want to talk about this both. next game, but I have to preface it with a story. So long ago, before Peaches was a streamer, before we had this podcast, we, we had talked a lot about streaming, what streaming was going to be, how, what we wanted to do, what we wanted to play and things like that. And then a new game was about to come out and we both settled on this game. We're like, let's play this game. And it didn't go well. So we both <laughs> picked up Destiny 2 when it first launched. And for those of you that have been living under a rock, Destiny 2 when it first launched was <laughs> a hot pile of garbage. Man, that game was not good when it first launched. Um, I didn't lump this in with the E3 news because it wasn't technically E3, but Bungie held their own sort of conference last week and they talked about the future of Destiny, where they're going, where the expansions are right now and how it's going to sort of progressing. And if you don't know, um, Bungie and Activision um, ended their contract early and split up a little earlier last year. Um, and so this is all just Bungie now. And the first part that was really funny about the conference is that throughout the whole conference, they were like, we really wanted to do this, but somebody said we couldn't do it. And they kept just like throwing shade at Activision essentially every chance they could. Like, <laughs> hey, like Crossing, like, hey, we've had this feature ready literally since the game out, but somebody wouldn't let us do it for reasons. And so we couldn't do it. And they just, for reasons. And so they kept like um, so, sort of saying stuff like that. And they talked about sort of the future of Destiny. One, Destiny is going free to play, um, at least the base game and the first two expansions are. And then everything else will be um, sort of piecemeal. So you don't have to buy anything to to sort of get the rest of the content so if you want to miss out on an expansion but you want to play this expansion afterwards you don't have to buy the expansion in between you can just buy whatever the newest one is um 
And so all of that got me really excited. The other thing that got me excited was um, friend of the show and part of the squad, Cody. Um, he had a group of friends that really wanted him to play uh, Destiny with them. So they all pulled together for his birthday and got him a PS4 so that he could play Destiny with them. And so um, Kesty, who had, uh, Cody, who had been a longtime Xbox player, is now moving over to PlayStation. So I decided to boot back up. Uh, my PlayStation. I decided to get Forsaken, which is the newest expansion for Destiny, because I've heard very, very good things about it. And I can say now, after playing through at least the story of it and looking at all the content that I have left to do, this feels like it's the same game because it's the same shooting and there's a lot of the same areas, but it feels like a different game. The sort of the the way that you get gear it seems like a lot more fair. Um, there are a lot more things to do. You don't I think the, one of the main problems with the Destiny when it first came out was there was like a thing to do. You did that thing, and then when you were done doing that thing, you had nothing to do. Whereas the way the game is now, you have tons of things to do, and there's several different ways to play the game. You can sort of play the game however you want, and there's always a way to sort of progress. And there are a lot more match-made activities that don't require you having a six stack pre-made to enjoy whatever else is coming out for the game. They have lots of different modes and lots of different things. And it also, um, it, I have a lot of confidence in Bungie now that they're separated from Activision. And we'll see if that confidence pays off. Now, Peaches, you tried this game out with me. I don't think you'll ever actually pick this game up ever again, but what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I didn't know you've been playing it again. I, I kind of find it hard to believe that it's that much better. I mean, it's probably I th I'm not going to tell you that you feel a certain way for certain reasons, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was because I like were you playing with Cody? I was playing with Cody. So that's probably part of it. And you know, I just I always go back to the same little catchphrase with games like Destiny 2. It's like if I'm going to play an MMO, I'm just going to play WoW. And if I can't get back into WoW, then I'm not going to get into any of them. Um I just I have a hard time spending that much time in them. I, and I, you know, part of me is like, like bummed because we spent so much money when the game first came <laughs> out to make it like a staple of the stream. And then I streamed it once and I was like, eh, maybe never again. Um, but I don't know. It's that's sunk cost. Like I can't do anything about it now. So it's whatever. I mean, I hope you enjoy it. I just, I, I don't think I could, I don't think I could get back into it again. I think if enough of the squad got into it, we could get you back in. Yeah, but then it's on PS4 <laughs> and I'd have to pay for an expansion and that's more money that I might not. Remember, remember the last time we spent money on a thing that you were like, this is the next thing. And it was like that top down um okay top down battle no, no, no. royale league of legends right. Look, style first game. off i like four matches i always have a this is the next thing no matter what <laughs> whatever <laughs> wherever we do whatever we go i always have guys this is going to be the next thing and it is really in the bitcoin if you guys didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> but mostly i try to find a game that works for as many friends as possible where we could all play it we could all enjoy it we get all the time together Right now, that leads me, one, to the PS4, because more than ever, all of our friends, every single person that is in the squad has a PS4, except for maybe Patrick. But he could, he could buy one. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, could <buy> <laughs> he could just buy one. He gets paid enough. He's off in, like, Europe right now. He could buy one. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I want to find a game where we could all play together and it could be like a fun experience. And I, the, the fondest memories I have of the original Destiny are when there were six of us in a group and we were battling this raid and it took us forever to do it. And we, when we finally did it, you know, it was, it was exhilarating. I also miss signing onto my PlayStation and there was always somebody playing Destiny, somebody to play with. And so I think part of it is a little bit nostalgia because I want that feeling back. I'm trying to recruit as many people back into the game as I can because I want I want that game for us, and Destiny just feels like the easiest fit for that. So I'll just put myself in then as Bill Murray from Space Jam, and when you really need me in like the fourth quarter of a game versus the Monstars, you just call me in because I, you know, I I don't think it's something that I could get into like fully, but also with the Mario stuff that I have going on all the time, it'd be tough for me to pick up an MMO in general. That was one thing that like kept me away from WoW again was like when we were getting back into it with Battle for Azeroth and it was just kind of okay, but we were still having fun. I was like, how do I play this game and stream? Because I don't really want to stream all of the things that I'm doing in World of Warcraft. Like I think you can probably... You could probably find a few WoW streamers on Twitch and Mixer and wherever that like they can do anything in the game. They could sit and teabag somebody in the Barrens for an hour and a half and somebody would watch it and they'd have a good time. But I think for the most part, like the stuff that I do in video games, I mean, and you guys know this, I'm a completionist. I have to do every little thing. I don't think that it would be very enjoyable to watch me play WoW on stream. And I don't think I would have fun streaming it. So it was like this weird... I kind of want to make time for WoW, but then I have to sacrifice stream time. And and what ended up happening was I just sacrificed WoW instead. And I feel like that would be the same with Destiny for me. Apparently, so I'll just be Bill Murray. Apparently Robbie votes for Monster Hunter World. I see that. And that's also WoW. So. <laughs> it's not. I would say Monster Hunter is a little less. Monster Hunter, there are less things. And you sort of go at your own pace at Monster Hunter, whereas Destiny is a lot more WoW. Like Monster Hunter, you're sort of, just fighting monsters and it's not really an MMO. You just kind of do things together. No, no, listen, monster hunter is more like vanilla. Wow. Where destiny is more like current. Wow. Monster hunter is kill the same monster 92 times so that I can get a fragment of its bone. And once I collect 10 fragments of its bones after 920 fights with that monster, I can build some armor. (laughs) (laughs) That's classic WoW, I can't and I'm wait. not in for it. I can't wait to have Robbie back on the show so he can defend Monster Hunter. <laughs> He's going to say exactly what I just said. It's not going to be any different. He's just going to say it with a smile on his face. <laughs> right. I'm saying it with disdain. He'll say it with enjoyment. He's, he's, he's so mad. He's so mad. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, it's not 92. It's 87. Come on. So um, now... Everyone's finished Spider-Man. Uh, Peaches, you finished Spider-Man. Chris, you finished Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, and Robbie has finished Spider-Man, so we can talk about it. What'd you guys think? What'd you think of the game as a whole? What were your impressions? A++ until Screwball came into play. <laughs> Screwball can screw off. Um, are you talking about in general or in the <laughs> DLC? Uh, mostly in the DLC. Yeah. I, I didn't... The, the little side mission with Screwball was fine in uh-huh. the regular content of the game. And the Taskmaster challenges were very difficult, mm-hmm. um, but we got through them all. We, we gold medaled all of the Taskmaster challenges. Yeah. But when, the, when I downloaded the DLC and I noticed there were screwball challenges all over the map, I was like, 
what are these going to be? I wonder. And they're just Taskmaster challenges with Screwball's face and voice in them. And all three DLC have Screwball challenges, and they all have the same ridiculous score needed for gold medals. Oh, I know. And you have to, like, do things in certain spots so that you can take your picture. Yeah. So there are all these new variables they have to... And for people like you and me who are trying to get the gold medal in all of them, it, I got... I got frustrated and like walked away from the screwball challenges i actually haven't played spider-man a little bit because of that but yeah going back to the main game though it was a very well done game uh it felt like a spider-man story uh i thought the characterization acting throughout was really good um the gameplay i think we've talked about before is that you really does feel like you were spider-man uh some of the boss fights where you're fighting uh, like two of the Sinister Six at the same time uh, is just a lot of fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed some of those and how the characters interact with each other even throughout that. There's one where you are swinging the entire time uh, while you're fighting these two guys in the air. Try not to say too much for those of you out there who haven't haven't finished it yet. Um, you know, the game is like a year old or whatever at this point. And we're, we're just very slow. Um, and the, uh, and there's another one where you can actually pit the two of them against each other. Uh, you can kind of trick one into hurting the other and vice versa. And it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I hundred percent cleared the game, uh, the main game, you know, did all the side challenges and everything and had a blast doing it. Uh, with a couple exceptions of some of those gold medals in the Taskmaster challenges. Um, but, yeah, they were rough, dude. Yeah, like the, so the drone ones were really hard. I I thought the drone ones were the ones that were pissing me off the most, but then one of the combat challenges, I must have played replayed that one like 35 times before yeah. I got gold. There's one of them that's in Central Park. and um, Oh, yeah, I remember that one. The key to like the combat challenges isn't what you'd think it is. I, I, I looked up like a little bit of a guide on how to complete those with the most points. And it has a lot less to do with avoiding damage and doing and getting a high combo than you think. It mostly has to do with how fast you kill everybody. Um, cannot kill everybody, defeat everybody. And the, the thing that sucks about Central Park compared to the other ones is in the other ones, you can web people to walls and that takes them out really fast. Uh, you can web a bunch of people to walls if you hit them with a web grenade and then you hit them with a sonic blast and yeah. they get thrown into walls. And then you can take out like four at a time. In Central Park, there aren't walls. So you have to fight all of them. Like you have to get in physical combat with all of them. And so it just takes so long to bounce from person to person. And one of the most overpowered moves in the game is called Web Blossom. It's his like ultimate ability. If you hit um, L3 and R3 at the same time, he jumps into the air. He does a bunch of spins and he shoots webs at everybody usually that works really well in these combat challenges because it will pin enemies to the walls and it will take them out of combat. But because there's no walls, if you use Web Blossom in the Central Park Taskmaster Challenge, all you do is you push all the enemies into the park further away from each other. So then you have to go into the park to find them to take them out. And I didn't realize that I was doing that and messing myself up for the first like 15 attempts. I was like, why am I using this special ability and it's taking longer? When I finally realized it is when I started getting points faster. But yeah, 
if I remember correctly, the trick to that one, a lot of it is doing perfect dodges off of the ones you're trying to shoot you, so you can do the instant takedown on them. Yep. Yeah. But you have to have that ability, though, so yeah. don't try to do that too soon in yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah, the combat in Spider-Man is a lot of fun. It is very fluid, and it's fun to watch. Um, I, I think I've said this before, but um, I've been I've been playing it, and then my wife plays it sometimes as well, and we have different approaches uh like she does a lot of webbing i did a lot of aerial stuff she does a lot of throwing stuff at people um <laughs> i've started uh i've started trying to combine gadgets in different ways um I, I i actually saw peaches do this uh do the the trick with the web bomb and the uh and the sonic uh the concussive blast which i did not that's realize called, yeah. like oh that's a really great uh really great thing and also using the concussive blast just to knock people off of a roof is oh god it's fun. so fun yeah it's like it's hey, way goodbye. better than kicking them yeah you just sneak up they don't even notice you just walk behind them and poof and then they're like ah it's falling off the building and in case and you're worried they do show that um anyone he knocks off the building does get webbed to the side of the building so no spider-man didn't kill anyone don't worry <laughs> Sometimes it's, the animation doesn't web them to the side of the building, though. That's true. Sometimes he murders them brutally. Sometimes you web someone <laughs> to a car, and then the car blows up, and it's like, Aah. I don't yeah. have to save you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. um, now, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Peaches, you every week just play literally a bucket of Mario stuff, so how about we just lump it all into your, <laughs> into your Mario bucket, and you tell us about all the Mario you've been bucket. playing. This is great timing for you to bring up the Mario bucket because Spark, Sparky Sai, uh, our resident Kaizo expert in our friend circle, just showed up. Spark, what's up, Spark? What's up, man? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, classic. What have you been in classic? What have you been playing? Fashion. I'm going to talk about Mario for a second. Um, I recently had this like revelation. I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast, but I. So when I started playing Kaizo Mario. And I downloaded the emulator. Um, I had a really hard time switching between a regular jump and a spin jump. For those of you that don't know, in Super Mario World, there's reasons that you would want to regular jump over spin jump and vice versa. A regular jump gets you a little bit higher. A spin jump allows you to safely bounce off of certain enemies and obstacles that a regular jump would kill you. So a lot of um, tricks in Kaizo involve jumping uh one big thing is how much you jump how much you loft in the air uh but another is switching between regular jump and spin jump like on the fly and i was having a really hard time doing that because if you know the layout of the um super nintendo controller right you've got b is your regular jump by default and both y and x are used to run or grab items you can use either one of these to run or grab items if you hold it down you run um, you just press it and then keep holding, you'll pick up an item. But on default controls, A is spin jump. So to go between regular jump and spin jump is awkward because you're holding down one of the run buttons at almost all times, and then you usually with the back part of your thumb will hit jump while you're holding this down. It's really awkward to go from you know, this nice diagonal you have between Y and B and then switching like this. Like It doesn't really make sense to go diagonal to to horizontal so what most people do is they slide up if they're holding this jump or this run they slide up to x anyway i was doing this different when i first downloaded kaizo mario i remapped spin jump to the left to the right trigger that says l 
but that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely the right trigger. I don't know. I just noticed that. Anyways, um, I remapped it to right trigger so that it would be easier for me to spin jump without having to slide. And I had this revelation like three weeks ago that that wasn't the right thing to do, that I should learn to play the game the regular way. And if I ever wanted to speed run, it wouldn't be valid myself if I wasn't playing the game with default controls. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. <laughs> Just so you guys know, the chat right now is... We have this running joke that Eduardo, because he does not play Kaizo at all, is actually the Kaizo god. When did I become the Chuck Norris of Kaizo? I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but but it, you probably love it. Spark says... Some say Eduardo beat Grandpa World 2 without a single spin jump, and Gumby says, I heard he did it without jumping at all. <laughs> anyway, I remapped the controls, and so this week I've been playing I've been playing um, Quickie World, which is a game we finished a long, long, long time ago, but I frequently speedrun with the default Mario controls, trying to get used to how the game is actually meant to be played. And we've actually already come really close to our personal best, so... I think the controls are intuitive. They are made to be fluid. I just wasn't... I was giving myself a crutch at the beginning. So we played some Quickie World. We played Jump, which is another Mario hack. It's not Kaizo. It's just very hard Mario level design. Jump is actually an acronym that stands for Janked Up Mario Party. So if you've seen me play any of Jump... Uh, you'll know that it starts off relatively easy and then it gets ridiculously stupid hard. Um, we are like 30 levels in and there's 125 of them. And then the last Mario thing on the list is Super Mario Maker. We've just played Mario Maker a little bit on and off, um, trying to prep for Super Mario Maker 2 because it's going to be a big staple of the stream and trying to get one win in Super Expert. I want to get one Super Expert win before Mario Maker 2 comes out. That's all I want. Just one win maybe like three skips tops i don't know i just want to beat super expert once so uh yeah that's that's all my mario stuff yeah thank you again uh peach was actually playing some levels that me and robbie had made uh a long time ago uh so that was a lot of fun watching him play through uh levels that that we had done can i ask uh, you something I enjoyed that no here's just a just a random question why it, did you make spin jump the shoulder button why didn't you just make it run what why didn't you just make the shoulder button run and grab instead of spin jump wouldn't that be oh easier? as it as it run with this right wouldn't that be easier than between yeah i mean to me it was it was it seems... as some people say six of one half a dozen of the other <laughs> it, to me it yeah. didn't really it didn't really make a difference because either i was gonna always hold run with this or i was going to always hold run with this it didn't really make a difference well, I just isn't, figured, isn't since... our spin in the new super mario brothers games and in like yeah, the Game yeah. Boy versions of super mario world so i i think subconsciously that's why it yeah. made sense to me because i played a little bit of mario maker before okay. and in mario maker you like it's default mapped to r okay as spin jump yeah, so that that made sense to me. It's the same reason that I uh, in Cuphead I switched the um, the dash move to the um, to ZR because that's oh. what it is in Hollow Knight. Uh, oh, yeah. cool. so that's what I was used to. Uh, so I was like, I'll just do that because it's like this other game I play. So 
Yeah, my Cuphead custom like controls are all jacked up. Yeah. They're like nothing like they're meant I to wanna be. I want to send a special message out to Matt, the guy that emailed us in. He's been talking to me about how he's been playing Cuphead, and he finds it incredibly <laughs> frustrating. And <laughs> he's really, really pissed off at it right now. I just want to tell you, just keep going for it. Just keep, just keep trying, man. You'll get there. And I just want to say to Matt, thank you for writing into the podcast because Eduardo has just wanted somebody to email the podcast for such a long time. And not only was your time, like, did you, did you make Eduardo happy by responding via email, but you picked the perfect episode to do it (laughs) after because now he has to make a Super Mario Maker level. Yes. I appreciate you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, you, Matt. He listens to literally every episode, so he'll be hearing this. Uh, (laughs) I appreciate you, Matt. Um, but yeah, keep chugging along on Cuphead. Uh, you won't regret it. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Now, let's see here. Speaking of it, one of Matt's favorite games, which is why I was surprised that he's having trouble with Cuphead, is Bloodborne. And Chris, you're actually dabbling in a little Bloodborne yourself. Yes, I am. And I have not done that much in it yet. Um, I, it was Same. on sale. Yeah, PlayStation had a, had a huge sale recently. Um, and it was marked down significantly. Um, as was the complete edition. So I got the complete edition for like 15, 16, 17 bucks, which normally the DLC itself is $20. Uh, so it was really, really marked down. Literally all I have done in it is I spent a good two hours in the character creator. <laughs> and I apologize to all the listeners, but those of you in the chat, you can see the masterpiece. This is who I will be playing through <laughs> Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> let me describe him he has ah! i think that describes him pretty well he's got a large red nose a little curly mustache and a long chin and a big tall he's huge and tall and skinny and yes i will be playing bloodborne as waluigi <laughs> oh my god this is after an hour attempting to make a thanos that did not turn out very well um i got a purple i got a purple guy that looked like a cross between Michael Jordan and uh, Jay Leno. I'll th- throw him up here too. Uh, he kind of yeah. looks like in this, because of the, the gradient, it looks like the dude from Watchmen. Oh yeah, he kind of does, yeah, but he does. He, he's, he's more purple in. Uh, it I think if you, if you could have made, this is no fault of your own. If you could make your characters buffer in Bloodborne, I think you could have pulled off Thanos, yeah. but you can't really make them very large. Like, everybody's kind of like thin in the Bloodborne universe because they're like probably not eating very much. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So Waluigi ended up being a good choice. And just for fun, this is where I, when I where I realized <laughs> I should make a Waluigi is when I, when I realized I can make the nose that large. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, Waluigi, that's the way to go. So yes, I'm very happy with my Waluigi. Um, so I'll eventually play that game for real and uh, have a great time, I'm sure. But yes, I have wa- my Waluigi, oh my and I'm happy. Uh, that's but that's all I can say about Bloodborne at the moment is that character creator is bonkers. It is so detailed. You're gonna, I think you're gonna have fun with it. It's a very um, difficult game, but I think most of the time, and Gumby is in the chat, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. Most of the time, the game is very. Th- fair Uh, even though it's difficult like it it teaches you to be aggressive at the right moments and to hold off at the right moments um i think i am no bloodborne expert but i think i picked up on it a little bit faster than other people might that's like i guess bragging but i'm not trying to brag (laughs) 
Um, I would say just try to be more aggressive than you think you need to be and you'll be okay. That's Good my advice. Good to know. So, um, I've still been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. That game's still good. And I think I'm going to be playing it for the next 100 <laughs> years because the game is incredibly long and there is just so much to do in it. I don't want to talk about that too much, but I do want to talk about Gwent because I've gotten... And there's no fast travel? I've gotten back into Gwent. And Gwent is just so much fun because it is not your typical card game. Like, if you think of any card game that you've ever played, Gwent is like... Not like other card games. It's just so... <laughs> It's so strange, it's so weird, it's so different that I really enjoy it. Also, the rewards in Gwent are significantly more um, generous than in any other card game. So it feels like it rewards my time more than, say, like Hearthstone. I have been playing a little bit of Hearthstone, but I kind of bounced off of it to Gwent because I was like, man, my time doesn't feel like it's worth anything here. Also, I'm just on a really big high right now for CD Projekt Red, and I just want to like play every game. Also, if you are on... Um, if you're if you have GOG on your PC, you can buy CD uh, every game that CD Projekt Red has ever put out. So Cyberpunk, all three of the Witchers and the Witcher Tales for I think it's eighty seven. So if you take out the sixty for um, Cyberpunk, you pay twenty seven for the other five games. Witcher Tales, Witcher Tales, it's all <laughs> time for Witcher Tales. <laughs> Um, I, don't, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Waluigi time. There's there's some other stuff in here, but I want to save it because I think it's going to tie in really nicely to what our our, our next ep, uh next uh topics here, which we're going to talk about our favorite things coming out of E3 and our one not so. So we each have three favorite things we're talking about from E3 and one not so favorite thing talking about E3. There's a lot of overlap here so we'll sort of group them all together for example myself and peaches both have luigi's mansion 3 on here man i am so psyched <laughs> for luigi's mansion 3 you have no idea i i didn't expect that at all that was kind of left field for me i didn't expect to see it and then when i did see it i got really excited because i remember a I mean, it, it was a while ago at this point, but there was an episode that you talked about revisiting Luigi's Mansion and you were playing it. I've never played any of the Luigi's Mansion games. Mm. And so, like, I remember that episode hearing you talk about it. It got me kind of interested in it, but I didn't really have a vessel to get back to it. And now there's going to be a new one coming to the Switch. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let's get into this game. It looks really fun. And I don't know. I just, I love Luigi, dude. Luigi's like, he. In any game where there's like dialogue between him and Mario, he's always just trying so hard to impress his brother. Like I immediately think of Paper Mario games where he's just going on a parallel quest yes. to Mario at oh, the same time. Thousand year door. And he tells Mario about his adventure like every time you finish a chapter and Mario's like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like Mario falls asleep in the middle of Luigi's stories. He's like, Oh, I rest I rescued Princess Eclair from the from the chocolate kingdom and Mario's just like dozing off. Like, I just feel bad for Luigi. He's, he's got like this, this underdog mentality. So, you know, I think that combined with what is probably going to be a great game. I'm excited for Luigi's mansion three. You know, I think about um, Luigi's mansion and Chris, I don't know if you were, you've played Luigi's mansion, correct? I have, I've played the original. I actually never finished it. Oh, really? And And also the second one, which I downloaded, I think once when it was on sale and I haven't even started that. 
Uh, the one on here. on the DS on, on, on the 3DS, yeah, yeah, Dark Moon or. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I enjoy the first one a lot. I don't know why I never actually got around to finishing it. And one of these days, I will go back and do that. I played that game up and down. Um, my favorite thing about the game is sort of all of the little things it does. Like the game has like a main theme, but when you're as Luigi and you're sort of like walking around in like a quiet hallway, Luigi will like hum the theme but you can hear the like the fright in his voice as he's like sort of walking around and he's like uh, (laughs) (laughs) he's just so scared and nervous and i identify with that so much Uh (laughs) there's some more audio for the for the uh, Ariana Grande song. Yeah. <laughs> we got more material. Yeah. I love in that game, just walk around pressing it and have him go, Mario, Mario, Mario. <laughs> it's like, so... and then like, sometimes it'd be like, Mario, and sometimes it's like, Mario. And it's like, so, so much fun. I want what you just did to be my, my alarm to wake up. And- <laughs> I'll, send, I'll, I'll I'll isolate that Mario? and send it to you. Mario! Mario! <laughs> I, I I also love Luigi. Yes. No, I think it's safe to say, just even looking at our list, Nintendo kind of stole the show here, right? Yeah. Um, and part <laughs> of part of the reason they did that was with the Breath of the Wild two remake or not remake sequel. Um, excuse me. Um, yeah. Breath of the Wild sequel, not yes. Breath of the Wild two sequel. Breath of the Wild sequel. Um. Now, Peaches, you have it on your list here. You're obviously very excited for it. They didn't show a lot, but they basically said, hey, this is something we're working on. And oh, yeah. just that was enough to get everybody super hype. This was also on Soundlord's list, and he I, took it I off. I took it off because I was like, well, we're going to talk about it anyway, and there's something else I could talk about yeah. too. So That's fair. I, You know, I really enjoyed the first one. It, it's such a massive game. To think that they're going to make a sequel to that in in my mind, with Nintendo being who they are, they're going to make it as massive as the first one was, mm-hmm. if not larger. And they're going to add stuff to it to make it more unique. And I don't know how they're going to do that because Breath of the Wild already was such um, a choose-your-own-adventure game. Like, there was... There was almost no puzzle that you could only do one way. There was almost nothing in the whole game that didn't have multiple solves. And there's just so much that's already there. So I'm just, what could they possibly add to the second one? I don't really care because it's going to be awesome. But somebody mentioned uh, somewhere on Twitter or maybe in a stream on Twitch or somewhere where... They think it would be cool if you could do co-op where one player was playing as Zelda and the other one was playing as Link since in the end of the first one, you have rescued her. Uh, or this one is entirely played through as Zelda. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation going that, that way. Because you know, I mean, I would be hype either yeah. way. Or you switch between the two, like a Last of Us thing between like Ellie and Joel. They have their own like skill set. You switch between them. I don't know how that'd work in the open world, but yeah. maybe... I would really in dungeon. I would really enjoy a co-op version of that game because I think I've already talked about on the show how it's I really enjoy the game, but it's not necessarily my favorite game. I didn't think put it aside everybody else. And part of that is there's a sort of feeling of isolation in the game. You you spend a lot of that time alone. You're alone in that game, and I, that's sort of the feeling that I got from the game playing it. Um, so through that exploration, I felt very alone, which is why I, I tend to gravitate toward um, 
open world games that have lots of characters and lots of vibrancy in there because it's you feel more connected that way and i get that that's not necessarily the way other people are playing the game but i think i could enjoy the game a lot more if i had somebody else there with me and we were experiencing it together rather than me experiencing it alone yeah yeah my only hope is if it is co-op i hope that it is optional and i hope that if you're playing the game alone you don't have an ai partner because i have had trouble getting into games where it's supposed to be co-op like i could not get into resident evil 5 uh because i was playing I heard that. that game is a trash bucket yeah well i couldn't tell you because i couldn't get past the first level because i just got so frustrated <laughs> with the co-op aspect of it and not being <laughs> and being forced to play either with someone else or with an with an ai and then i know this game is not necessarily the most well-regarded game of all time but epic mickey 2 uh you would think now if you know me you know that i am a big old nerd about disney and particularly i'm a big fan of oswald the lucky rabbit uh so when I heard about Epic Mickey 2 and how it was going to be, oh, it's Mickey and Oswald working together. I got so excited. But, oh my gosh, changes the AI of, um, I'm just going to keep talking. Uh, <laughs> ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. <laughs> uh, but like, you, you're if you're playing single player, you're playing as Mickey and Oswald is following you around and getting Oswald to do what you want him to do was a pain in the butt and I just got frustrated and quit. Um. It is a little bit more fun. I've played a bit with with Angela where I was playing as Oswald, she was playing as Mickey. And that's a little bit better because then, hey, you know, you're at least playing together. So if like Zelda has an op, if this has an option for like one person to play as Link, another person to play as Zelda together, or you can play through as either one on your own without the other character following you around, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, it has mean, to be an option. There's a lot of games that do co-op right. I think yeah. if they wanted to do it that way, they could borrow the idea from a couple other games. Like I mentioned The Last of Us. They do co-op really well. Um, God of War has a great co-op feel. You never play as his son, uh-huh. but his son is vital in situations. There, you can, you can have him target enemies and distract them. Um, he'll help you solve puzzles because he's small and can uh, fit in cer- certain places. Look or catch. I think if <laughs> right, exactly. Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. I think if it if the other player, whichever one it was, either Zelda or Link, was more of a supportive. I guess you can kind of think of of Kratos's son as another move that Kratos has in his arsenal mm-hmm. in the form of a human following him around. If they made co op like that. It could be enjoyable and you could switch between the two. And then whenever you're playing, whichever one you're playing, the other one acts like that additional move set, whatever you need them to do sort of thing. I think it could be done. I, I have faith in Nintendo pulling off whatever it is that they're trying to do. And mm-hmm. just from the teaser, I'm also very excited. It looks like Ganondorf is coming back because Ganondorf, I mean, you had Ganon, Calamity Ganon in Breath of the Wild, but there was like one passing reference to Ganondorf where it's like, Oh, I heard you were once a Gerudo. Like that's it. And I've, especially since wind waker, I've found the character of Ganondorf to be very interesting. So having him possibly back, cause that certainly looks like his corpse in this trailer. So to have the main story trio of link Zelda and Ganondorf together, I'm very interested to see where that goes. That'd be neat. Yeah. Well, continuing on with the with the Nintendo train, Chris, you've got on your list here Mario Maker 2, which we all know about, yes. um, but they released a lot more information about the game, and they also talked about 
some really awesome things when it comes to playing with your friends online. Yes. Uh, those of you who have not been following the Mario Maker 2 <laughs> saga, uh, one of the new features is that every level will be playable co-op up to four people. Uh, uh, co-op or versus, uh, like a race to the finish kind of thing. Uh, sort of like in the new Super Mario Brothers games. Um, but bafflingly, they announced that when the game came out, that if you were playing online, like you could play local multiplayer with four people, but if you were playing online, you could only be matched up uh, with random people, which made no sense. Uh, yeah, because Nintendo and online, always kind of a struggle because they resisted it for so long. Uh and a lot of it is because they want to be very family friendly, I think, and that they want looking at protecting the kids and all of that. And then also, I think there's sort of a philosophy there of, oh, we want people to play with their friends because and playing on a couch is the best way to play. And yeah, for some games, I think playing on a couch is the best way to play, like getting a room full of people playing Smash Brothers or Mario Party or Mario Kart uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, but also in today's world. Uh, I mean, look at us. The three of us are in three different states and we all want to play games together. And through the magic of the Internet, we can do that. It's great. So it made no sense that you could not. I could not say, hey, Peaches, Eduardo, Robbie, let's uh, let's uh, play some Mario Maker levels tonight that we could not do that made no sense. So they announced um, uh, the way Nintendo does E3 is they do their own Nintendo Direct live stream. And then for the next few days on the, in the on the show floor. They have Treehouse, which is Nintendo of America's localization branch, uh, showing off. Like they will come on for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and just play through some of the games that they have available and talk about it. And a lot of times they bring in some of the developers uh, to discuss uh, the game. So they had um, the director of uh, Super Mario Maker 2. um i'm blanking on his name right now i think it is uh something to mr super mario maker it's it's mr 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 tezuka i believe um yeah mr maker jr takashi tezuka who has been like uh one of the uh main guys behind the mario series for many many years now um so he was there uh speaking with it and one thing that he mentioned was we're going to be adding an update to allow you to play with your friends. Uh, so very excited that Nintendo is actually listening to people and saying, hey, you know, this is what people want. Uh, let's let's fix it. We can we can fix this. So let's do that. And that's on the one hand, it's kind of surprising. On the other hand, it's not because the last the original Super Mario Maker, they really did listen a lot to the community of that game. And they added several updates over the course of the game uh, to uh, make it a lot better. Uh, so I'm very glad to hear that that is continuing. And that, um, excuse me, that they, uh, I will be able to say, hey, Peaches, Eduardo, Robbie, let's, uh, let's play Mario Maker tonight and we'll be able to do that. And we can say, and because of Matt, we're going to be able to say, hey, Eduardo, let's play your Mario Maker yeah, level yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah, so we're very excited. And they showed off some more features. Some of the, uh, one of the cool things about this game, I don't think we've talked about this before on here yet, is that um, every, um, Every stage theme also has what's called a night theme that adds different challenges to it. So like in the desert levels, if you switch to night, that adds a sandstorm to it that like blows you back so that you're like fighting against this wind. Or if you do a castle stage that's night, 
Mario is beholden to water physics, but the enemies aren't. So like Mario has to swim through the castle, but the enemies are still like on the ground like normal. So uh, putting him in those vertical stages is going to be really interesting. So like every uh, in certain ones, like enemies act differently. Um, like there's one, I forget what it is, but like the Goombas swim through the air. The chain chomps have longer chains. So there's going to be so much that you can really mess around with and play with. So it's uh, they have two chains. Yeah. <laughs> God. Featuring Ariana Grande. <laughs> Gra- Grande. Gra- <laughs> get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Big so, so Mario Maker 2, uh, I'm very excited for a lot of the new stuff they've shown off. And that comes out uh, like two weeks from now. Or, or, two weeks, or yeah. June 28. Yeah, it's coming out very soon. Less than two weeks now. So I'm very yeah, excited for that. 12 days. 12 days! Man. Sorry. Right. Um, Keeping with Nintendo, even still, guys. The Witcher Banjo! 3. Oh, no. oh no, I was talking about The Witcher Three, but also Banjo. Oh, Go sorry. ahead, Banjo. Sorry. You... No, no, no. You're talking about Witcher Three. I'm sorry. I will erase that. That is deleted from the show. I'm... <laughs> that's a, that's an after credits thing. <laughs> that will be deleted from the actual thing. So, so, so Eduardo, Banjo! throwing it back to you. You are so excited. I'm with so Nintendo. Excited. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <clears throat> the Witcher 3 is coming to the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I'm just going to press this. You're clearly not as excited I'm just about this. little button right here. <laughs> as the soundboard is about Banjo, for Banjo. Apparently not. Um, <laughs> look, I've played through Witcher 3 in its entirety. I've, I haven't done everything in that game because to do that, it would take me probably a million bajillion years. Um, but the game is fantastic. I'm really excited to have it on on console. I'm really excited for CD Projekt Red to just have literally anything on the Nintendo Switch. Um, for you guys, neither of you have played through Witcher 3, correct? I own it. I bought it on a Steam sale. <laughs> I do not own it. I have not played it. Um, it is a phenomenal game. It is so, so good. The characters are so well realized. There are so many different things to do in the game. It's like... I would say it's like Breath of the Wild, but different, which is a really hard thing to say, but it's just like you can sort of tackle the game in any way you want. Um, there is literally something to do everywhere. And then there's a, so I've talked about Gwent. Gwent is part of The Witcher 3. That's where it was born. But at any point, you can just walk up to someone and you talk to them and you go, hey, let's play a game of Gwent. And then you start a game of Gwent right there. And it's sort of this like, what? Said so it sounds like Final Fantasy VIII playing Triple Triad. Probably, yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. And it's um, we'll get to a boss fight and say, uh, let's settle this in Gwent." If we can. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really fun. Card, bitch. Um, CD Projekt Red is a phenomenal developer. They are very, very generous with their content, and I'm really excited to see them um, sort of, kind of continue on. Um, I mean, so, Witcher Three is sort of beloved to me, and I. I I implore anyone who hasn't played it to sort of pick it up and give it a chance. It's on sale literally all the time. I'm pretty sure it's $15 right now on the PlayStation Store and on PC. It's going to be coming out full price on the Switch, which is the only like tough swallow. Maybe if it goes down a little bit on price, I'll pick it up so I can have it on the Switch. Um, But on the other platforms, it is only $15 for the complete edition. So for every bit of content that has ever come out for The Witcher 3, you get it for $15, and that is a steal. and that's sort of a game that sort of is near and dear to my heart. Now, Peaches, a game that's near and dear to your heart, Final Fantasy VII. 
a game that you've tried to get me to play. <laughs> yeah. um, and interestingly, you, you've put it on your list, but you've, you've got a little hesitation there. What's going on? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I've been waiting, and, and a lot of people have, for Final Fantasy VII for a really long time. And uh, it's gone through different developers with the remake. It's gone through, I guess, delays. I mean, there was never really a, a time frame set, but it, it was definitely delayed because of the, the switch over between developers. And the gameplay looks really fun. It looks reminiscent of Final Fantasy XV or maybe a little bit of Kingdom Hearts in there. The game is beautiful to look at. Their their new renditions of all of these characters are nostalgic and really well done. I especially love the love the way Barrett looks. Uh, I I I was worried that his gun arm was going to look too clunky. Um, in the game, if you've never played Final Fantasy VII, Eduardo, <laughs> I guess this is only for you. Barrett, me too. Barrett ha- has his arm. Um, his arm was removed because of an incident. Like his hand was removed, so he had a gun attached to his body. He literally has a gun on his body. He he, he can't remove it. It goes with his person. And in the game, and it was probably just because of the way that they wanted to differentiate him from kind of a bad guy in Barrett's storyline. His gun is really round and kind of clunky. It is more like a Gatling gun. Uh, whereas his adversary that you meet later in the game kind of has more of a elongated gun arm. They both had their hands severed, so they replaced it with guns. Weird Japanese mm-hmm. RP, MMO, Practical, RPG, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and so his is like longer and it feels more like a, like a mini cannon instead of a Gatling gun. And it looks like they went with the more canon-like gun arm for Barrett in the remake. So I, I really like the way it looks. I think it would have looked too clunky as a Gatling gun. It would have been like a stump arm. Um, but everyone else, I think, looks great. Uh, Ares or Aerith, whatever they're going to end up calling her in this version of the game. Uh, Tifa Cloud, they all look awesome. I'm hesitant because this, of the same reasons I was hesitant with Kingdom Hearts 3. We waited so long for Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out. And nobody's even really talking about it anymore. Like the game happened and it died out. I, I'm i looking at it right here. I have to actually remove this, which I bought on sale on Amazon. Um, I have to remove my pro controller from my field of view, so I'm not lying. Kingdom Hearts has sat in that same spot on my shelf since it came in the mail. I unwrapped it. I put it on my stack of PlayStation 4 games wow. and it has not moved. I still haven't played it. And... I'm just worried that it's going to have that same thing where it was talked about for so long. It was shown off. It looked really cool, but we just kept seeing the same footage over and over and over and over again because of how long the game was taking. And then it's going to come out and everyone's going to be like, it was okay. You know, I'm just worried that that's going to be the case. So I'm hesitant about it, but final fantasy seven is right up there in my top five favorite games of all time. So I really want, the remake to to be done well i want it to do the original justice i'm just scared that it won't <laughs> i don't know yeah. I, I, for me that seems logical I, if you guys think i'm crazy tell me i'm crazy no, i don't think you're crazy i think another part that's probably kind of at least for me makes me not necessarily want to play it immediately is that they're releasing it episodically so they're not coming out with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. They're coming up with Final Fantasy Remake Episode One, and there's going to be several episodes 
of the game and who yeah. knows when they're going to be finished doing that you know especially yeah. if it's taking them this long and i think they said that every episode is going that to be the length works. of a normal final fantasy game which just sounds a little it sounds a little bit too that's much like what they insane. did with the hobbit movies yeah that's a little insane i mean there are definitely parts i think what was said of the first one and i could be wrong on this was that the first episode was primarily going to take place in midgar um like at the very start of the game to be fair a huge chunk of final fantasy 7 takes place in the in the city that you start in a lot of it happens at midgar you you know spoiler alert but you go through a mission where you blow up a reactor then you go through a mission where you try to blow up another one then you go through a mission where cloud cross dresses as a woman to try to get into this like mafia boss's headquarters and uh steal tifa back who got kidnapped um then you raid the headquarters of like a big the big energy corporation and it's a lot of content in the beginning of the game they could do that um i just hope that they don't spread those too far apart so that people lose interest um but also i mean that if if that goes well for them that could be a long-standing project that keeps people interested so i don't know you think about the original final fantasy games and how each game had so much content that it couldn't fit on one disc like Final Fantasy VII had three discs. Final Fantasy VIII and IX each had four discs. You got to a certain point in the game and you had to switch discs on your PlayStation or you couldn't play anymore. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like to me, but I just I hope that that goes well for them and, and mostly for me because I'm selfish. <laughs> uh, all right, Chris. It's, uh, it's finally time okay. for you to scream from the heavens. I'm sorry, I already screamed, so now I'm just embarrassed. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to be very subdued now talking about this thing. That Finally, talk to us about the no. hero from Dragon Quest. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Very... <laughs> Got him. Okay, let me just say this real quick about the hero from Dragon Quest. I know, like, the initial reaction a lot of people had was, oh, boy, another anime sword character but yeah i said that yes you did i remember you were very upset <laughs> but first of all dragon quest i think we underestimate how huge that series is in japan like everyone plays dragon quest um and i, I saw this recently and it's probably even more now but a day after the press conference the hero reveal trailer was the second most viewed smash brothers character reveal trailer ever as in behind mega man uh, and that's it and has probably surpassed it so that is how excited people in japan are about the hero and i think it's really cool that they've have four different alternate skins for it first of all so you can play as as, as one, one character. character yeah i know i know that's something that peaches feels very strongly <laughs> about um <laughs> And the fact that it looks like it is a magic-based sword user that is different from Robin, too, or it actually has, like, a menu uh, where you can actually pick the different spells. I think it's going to play sufficiently different from other sword characters that I think people who are... Kind of Shulk. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like a weird costume between Shulk and Link and Robin, and it's kind of its own thing. It has a kamikaze attack where they blow up, and... It, I guess they lose a stock or lose a point, but it is a very powerful attack. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how that character plays. Uh, so that's me defending the hero, even though I'm not a Dragon Quest player. Um, 
it is certainly a series deserving represent, uh, representation in Super Smash yeah, Brothers. It's the closest and we'll ever get to Goku in Super Smash Brothers. That is that is also true. <laughs> I don't know about you. I will I will exclusively be playing as the version of the hero that has the little hamster in his pocket. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> I don't know not. if that. I don't know which. Which you're not gonna play as a hero because you're gonna play as Banjo. You damn right I am. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so I we're gonna I'm gonna talk about Banjo for a while. I, I am not going to cry. I am not going to cry. <laughs> He's definitely. I already cry. did. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I have. Okay, back in the especially the Nintendo 64 days. Um, I was a big fan of Rare, or Rareware, as they were called back in the day. They're my favorite developer. Uh, I mean, they made Diddy Kong Racing. They made all the Donkey Kong games. Um, um, Perfect Dark, GoldenEye, all that. But my favorite games that they made were the Banjo-Kazooie games. Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. Two of my all-time favorite games. I've talked about them before. Uh, Robbie is here with me in spirit, I know. Um yeah, so this is something that Robbie and I both uh, both felt very strongly about. Uh, so since uh, since like Super Smash Brothers Melee, when they made a sequel, started adding characters, I have thought, oh, Banjo and Kazooie would be great in Super Smash Brothers. Like, uh, I gotta say, like I made my mom make me a mumbo jumbo Halloween costume, like when I was a kid. That is how huge into Banjo Kazooie I was. I think those games have a, a lot of great character. Um, it's a lot of fun gameplay, and actually. Um, with the announcement, I uh, I dug my 360 out of storage and downloaded Banjo-Kazooie and Tui on the Xbox Live Arcade, and I've been playing through Banjo-Kazooie, and that game holds up. Like, I never realized this at the time, but it is like a cross between Super Mario 64 and Metroid, in that you, you're, in addition to, like, having to find the collectibles to move on, it is also, you get so many new moves that open up new pathways for you. Like, it is a lot of fun. Uh, so it, it, it was a great game. So I've wanted Banjo Kazooie in, in Super Smash Brothers for as long as I can remember. And uh, in 2002 or 2003 or something, uh, Microsoft purchased Rare. Rare had an exclusive deal with Nintendo, but uh, they were not a first party developer. Nintendo only owned 49% of the company. Uh, so Microsoft ended up buying them outright uh, and they became an exclusive Microsoft developer. Which was a bummer for me because uh, I didn't have an Xbox or anything. Um, I was always a one console household growing up, so I was not going to be able to play new games um, that Rare made. And as always happens with mergers like that, a lot of key people from the teams left Rare over the years. And, you know, and it just they never seemed like a good fit with Microsoft, in my opinion, uh, because they. Uh, they seem very much in the spirit of Nintendo with their own uh, like cheeky British, uh, you know, uh, humor and everything. But the gameplay wise, they, they very much felt like they belonged with Nintendo and uh, it, I never quite understood what Microsoft saw in them that said, Oh, this is, I guess they were trying to fill a void in, uh, in their console lineup with rare type games and it never quite seemed to gel, but I, I'm going on and on, but Microsoft and Nintendo have been playing very nicely as of late uh, between Minecraft and uh, they were back when Sony was holding back on uh, letting crossplay happen. Microsoft and Nintendo were putting out joint advertisements saying, hey, you can play Minecraft together. You can play Fortnite together uh, with Cuphead coming to uh, uh, Switch recently. 
you know, all of this, it's, it was like, it was like that scene in Avengers Endgame where Hawkeye looks at Black Widow and says, don't you dare give me hope. That was me leading up to this banjo announcement. I was like, Microsoft and Nintendo are friends. Please, please, is it possible that Banjo-Kazooie can end up in uh, in Super Smash Brothers? And there were lots of hints and fake leaks and all that. Uh, like if you remember the the big Grinch leak before the full roster was revealed and it was supposedly showed Banjo-Kazooie in there. Um, and then I'm watching this, uh, uh, I'm watching the press conference and they're going through and they had already said that they were going to reveal the next DLC and they had already, they started off with the hero. I'm like, okay, that's it. I was like, well, hopefully they'll surprise us with, uh, another smash brothers character here at the end. And, uh, then they cut to sort of the same beginning as the K rule trailer, which was such a great reveal trailer where they're showing off the different heroes fighting their villains. Like, okay, what's going on? Are we getting Dr. Eggman? Like what is happening? <laughs> uh, and, it, <laughs> and, uh, and it ended with, uh, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong fighting K rule. Well, all right. And then it cut to Donkey Kong snoring again. I was like, what's happening here? What, what could this possibly be? And then the, the jiggy, the golden jigsaw piece bounced across the screen. And uh, I was on my lunch break. Um, let me preface with that. So I was taking my lunch break, but I was taking my lunch break at my computer so I could watch. <laughs> there's only, there's no one else in the office at this point also, but that jiggy bounced across <laughs> the screen. I went, I went, <gasps> and I was like, it's happening. It's happening. And then when you saw the Banjo-Kazooie silhouette and just like the K rule trailer, they did the fake out with duck hunt, which was very funny, but you knew at that point, like this, this is happening like, <laughs> there. And damn it. <laughs> um, he's crying. He's they, crying. I am not crying. <laughs> I am not, I am not crying. My, I'm not crying. My face, my face has been red this whole show. He's cutting um, onions. He's chopping them right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, uh, no, but like, I don't know what it is. And I've got lots of theories about this, about, you know, the world being the garbage fire that it can be sometimes. Uh, finding those moments that make you feel like a kid again, like can really get you. Uh, which I think is why, and you know, we all, all of us on this show enjoy theme parks and enjoy video games. And I know that like watching all the Smash Brothers stuff leading up to Smash Brothers, I was uh, I was in a like when they did the big announcement last year and showed off everyone is here and all of that. Like I was getting like like kind of moved by that. And I, I was I was in a, a like, I don't want to say going through a hard time, but it was there were there were hard things going on in my life at that point, and it was just like a couple minutes to like just be excited about something like in a very pure and innocent way. And then seeing Banjo and Kazooie uh, show up in the Super Smash Brothers trailer. And it was exactly like I'd always imagined them being in the game. Like I was feeling like that again. So like, no, I didn't. I didn't actually cry. I was joking. You're allowed, but to. we're not going to judge you. Oh yeah, I know I'm allowed yeah. to. And uh, <laughs> if I hadn't been at work, I honestly might have. <laughs> but I'm saying like I had a I had a conference call in 15 minutes, and I was like, okay, I have to hold it together because I can't, you know. But yeah, it was. I was. I'm just like so incredibly excited about this because it really does in, in this weird silly stupid way it feels like banjo kazooie are back home like being in super smash brothers with all the nintendo things again i mean banjo's first game was was a diddy kong game uh which is why it was so fun in that trailer that 
you had Diddy and Donkey Kong and K. Rule like cheering like when they saw Banjo and Kazooie, and like that last shot of Banjo Kazooie standing in front of all the characters again, like it it's just it made me very happy. Like they have been my most wanted character. They've always been like my top three. And I'd gotten the first two in my top three with Mega Man and Ridley. And Banjo Kazooie seemed like that white whale that we were never gonna get. Uh, it was just impossible. Like the logistics, it was just too much to figure out. Uh, and the fact that it's happening, like I'm, I'm just so happy and I can't wait for fall uh, to play them and the spiral mountain stage. And I love that they got the original composer, Grant Kirkhope to do the new remix of spiral mountain for it. He's the first Western composer to do anything for smash brothers. Um, Banjo and Kazooie are the first Western owned characters, not the first Western created characters. Cause you have Diddy and K rule and dark Samus, but uh, you know, it's a lot of firsts for Smash Brothers, and you know, it's just like I I can't wait for fall, and I don't know if I have anything more to say, so I'm just gonna <laughs> sit back now and, and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Stay a while and listen. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's basically what we all wanted. We wanted to hear you gush about banjo for a while. That's kind of <laughs> yeah, as intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got him. Um, yeah, I wish Robbie were here to. Uh, uh, to to agree with me now, some more, uh, and to hear what he has to say about it, you could have a you and Robbie spinoff episode of just talking about Banjo and Smash for an hour and forty five minutes, and you'd have to break it into two parts. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie and Soundlord talk about Banjo. Um, so you have another game on the your right. list, and I probably should have said this first before I went to your big one, which was Banjo. But Carrion. Oh yeah, um, I did not. Yeah, I don't even know what this is. I didn't see it at all. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's uh, it was kind of one of those sneak announcements. It's a it's a new indie game coming out. Uh, Devolver Digital is publishing it. They have, uh, I mean, they do so many of the big indie games these days. Um, oh god, I pulled up because I wanted to get. Uh, I believe the studio that's making it is called Phobia Studio, and what they're describing it as is they're calling it a reverse horror game, and it looks like it's a kind of a Metroidvania style two D game uh, that takes place like in this secret lab where these scientists are um, experimenting on like this alien monster creature. It's like sort of an, an amorphous blob and it breaks out. You play as this amorphous blob and you're going through the, uh, the, the lab growing and changing and like killing all the scientists and stuff. And it just looks like a really interesting kind of twist on a horror game mixed with Metroidvania, which is one of my favorite kinds of, of 2d games like i'm a big super metroid fan and all that so i mean which we've talked about so it just looks like it's going to be really fun it's coming out sometime next year uh so that's that's so that's just a game that i wanted to highlight because uh you know it's only just been announced and it looks like it's one to keep an eye on now i know banjo was the big the big i want to say that's the big thing that happened at e3 um it was definitely in our circle the biggest thing but if you ask anyone else on the internet what the big thing yeah. <laughs> that happened at E3 was, they would tell you it was Cyberpunk and it was Keanu Reeves. And yeah, man. I watched <laughs> that live stream when Keanu Reeves showed up. I have first off, I was so hype. And second off, everyone in that like amphitheater went nuts 
everyone was going crazy. I listened to um, another podcast called DLC with Jeff Kanata, and he has been to the past, I think, 10 E3s. And he said he has seen Kobe Bryant, um, some members of the Beatles, and a bunch of other celebrities on stage at E3. And he has never seen a reaction like the reaction that Keanu Reeves got showing up for <laughs> cyberpunk which is one yeah keanu reeves is just going through such a great time in his career right now uh, oh yeah but holy crap the game looks so fun and cool and they, they did release a little bit of um just like a very small amount of gameplay and they did release a release date hopefully that's when the game comes out but um cyberpunk is made by cd project red same people that made witcher 3 same people that did gwent everything else and i am so excited for this game yeah. that release date is actually the next time that they're going to release another trailer for the game <laughs> since it's been, <laughs> since its actual release date is 2077 <laughs> also though like you said earlier when did you become the chuck norris of kaizo when did Keanu Reeves become the Chuck Norris of Chuck Norris? I don't Norris? know. He just did. Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Like, he's a cool guy, but out of nowhere, he's like the tits. Yeah, he's John Wick. He's got Toy Story 4. He's got Bill and Ted 3 coming out now. Yeah, like, he's yeah. out of nowhere. He's like the most lovable badass. He's in that movie, yeah, um, Always Be My Maybe, the new Netflix movie. Oh, right. With, uh, Amy Wong yeah. and Randall Park. Uh, I haven't, haven't heard of that. Yeah. Um, I, what I got to say about Keanu Reeves and cyberpunk. And I think I, we might've talked about this in the chat and I talked about this with someone else. I don't know, but he's playing a guy with a, a robot metal arm and his character's name is Johnny Silverhand, <laughs> which sounds like a name you make up to make fun of him. Like, Oh, we got Johnny Silverhand over here. Thinks he knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. That was our group chat because okay. I replied to that by saying, Maybe he named himself Johnny Silverhand so that nobody else can right. make fun of him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like he already yeah. has the dumbest name, so try to make fun of me. Yeah. And, and then the other thing about Cyberpunk, and this is a little more serious, and I'm kind of sorry to bring it down a little bit, but there is a little bit of controversy about it. I don't know if you've seen about how they're handling some of the themes of the game. Um, because, you know, it's set in the future. And uh, I guess, like, some of the artwork in the game, uh, like, it depicts, like, ads... Uh, not to get like too again not to bring it too serious but like there's some questions about like are they handling like uh gender representation sure. and transgender representation in a sensitive way like or, or i guess that there's been some history with this and not so much with the studio but like with their social media manager like their twitter account has said some things that are kind of glib and insensitive to like transgender people and and women and stuff like that so uh the uh, like there's an ad that like it's it is a woman and it's for a soda and the tagline is mix it up but you can very clearly see that um that um there there's a bulge um and that's like kind of prominent in the ad and like out of context that's like oh like are they making a joke about this like is this really you know is it is it really thoughtful and then like the art director came out and like gave what I thought was a pretty thoughtful explanation of it, but I guess there's just a lot uh, some skepticism. Like, okay, the, like there's you know it's kind of wait and see how it all plays out in context. Um, but I guess there are a lot of people and that feel like they kind of need to earn their trust back. So so it'll be interesting to see like how this goes forward. Like if they listen to to people um, and you know if it is thoughtful, then then that's wonderful. Um, 
there's something I can't really speak to, you know, I'm not a part of that community, but it's one of those things where you kind of just have to, you know, listen to the people that are affected by it. So, so, so it's kind of interesting to see how that will play out. I have, I have a few points on this because I found it really interesting. I have heard of, I did hear about this one. If anybody doesn't know, cyberpunk 2077 is not an original property. It is not right. something that um, CD project red made up. It is based off of a, a, a tabletop role-playing game. Um, of the same name, Cyberpunk 2077. And so a lot of the things and themes in that game carry over into the video game that they're making based off of the board game. Part of that is you can make alterations to your body. Like in the trailer, the guy like had swords for hands. In the tabletop game, that doesn't extend just to like weapons. You can change your sexuality. You can change your gender. You can change all kinds of things about yourself. Um, And I think that's some of the theme that's carrying over. Secondly, I don't know why CD Projekt Red is being held to this sort of standard when no other game is being held to this standard. Like, I, I guess my point is, um, I, I saw a big criticism is you you play the game and you start off as a man or a woman and that's it. And I just don't feel like why is CD Projekt Red the one that is being sort of held up on this pedestal when no other game is being asked to sort of provide that type of representation. Should that representation exist? Absolutely. I get it. But why is CD Projekt Red the one that has to provide it and not any other game studio? Weird side note. Animal Crossing is actually kind of allowing that in the new Animal Crossing. Oh, cool. There, You can pretty much, they said that no hairstyles or body or facial features or outfits are gender locked. And you can, for the first time ever, or at least first time not counting the mobile game, pick your skin tone, pick you know, pick everything yourself and change it on the fly. I, so, so yeah, go in. I was, How about that? I was going to say what Kat basically just said in the chat is if, if they, okay, so let's look at Pokemon, for example, in Pokemon, in the very beginning of the game, um, you can choose to play as a boy or as a girl. And that's really the only thing there is in the game about, the differences between your choices. You either pick a boy or you pick a girl. There's no ads about it. There's nothing in the game that accentuates either choice that you make. It's just I my avatar is a boy or my avatar is a girl. In Cyberpunk, they've intentionally made these advertisements and dashboards that are showing these things and whether or not they're trying to represent it in a good or a bad way or an accurate to the tabletop game way, it's still there and it's being represented. So I think because they're bringing attention to it, it's they're doing it to themselves sure. in a way. Like, if you're going to tackle that subject, which is very sensitive, you should tackle it with sensitivity, and you should you should do your research and get 100% of that right before you present it in the final product. So that if you want that to be something that you're supporting, the people that you're going to try to support feel like you're really there for them and you're fully supporting them. Yeah. That sort of thing. So I think if they, if they can go and, you know, whether or not they were mistakes or not, if they can correct what they've done um, and support that community in a better way and show more support, I think that would be great for them. Um, I, I don't think at all it was their intention. um, But I think that's probably what it was is, hey, look, here's a thing that shows that we are supportive in some way, but also over here, not so much. Sure. Yeah, I th- and I think a lot of it, it's well-intentioned, like a lot of people with great intentions, um, you don't necessarily think, oh, how are people going to think about this? Because I saw this other 
bit of kind of controversy where uh, about this game where someone goes on a mission and they end up rescuing this woman who is completely ne- naked uh, in like a bathtub full of ice and they pull her out. And the um, one of the developers was talking about and saying, oh yeah, because the body is supposed to be sacred, but now everyone's doing these augmentations. So it becomes profane. Like that's actually what they said was like sacred and profane. And uh, you know, and there's some talk about how that's maybe not only insensitive to, to maybe like transgender people, but also what about people who, have or need prosthetic limbs or something. And it's like, it's a perspective that when you have your own viewpoint, you don't necessarily think about how people with other experiences are going to, are going to interpret that or experience it, how it's going to make them feel. And it's just, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes to think outside of your own viewpoint because that's what you've lived your entire life. And you might, you certainly don't even necessarily have bad intentions, uh, but it, it can come across as maybe a little clumsy when when you don't mean to well i think it's tough because on the reverse to play devil's advocate i don't Mm -hmm. think it is fair to relate a man who has giant swords coming out of his hand in a fantasy setting to someone who needs prosthetic like i don't think that's a fair comparison even though there are like i don't think it's fair for a woman to get a bionic penis in a game and then that be something that someone is upset about because it's it's it, i think they could see that i could i could see the the direction where they're seeing it as mimicking of their sort of um situation or whatever the case may be but i don't think that's one i don't think that's the intention two i think they're they're separate right like i think they're trying to evoke a particular setting in a particular story and i don't think um I don't think it's fair to even talk about this, any of this before the game even comes out, right? Like we've seen short bits and snippets of things and people have already been like, all right, I'm upset about this thing, but we haven't even seen the game yet. Like we haven't seen the gameplay. We haven't seen where the game goes. We haven't seen the sort of story that they're trying to tell. And it tells it's all out of context so far. And from what we understand so far, it seems like they are trying to tell a nuanced story. They're trying to tell something that is, that is a lot more complex than just an advertisement on a street, right? So let's give them sort of the benefit of the doubt and specifically because they're CD Projekt Red and they do great work and they're very open and forward. Let's, I would say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's let them put the game out and then we can sort of judge it from that point on. That's also fair. Um, now that we've really, really brought the energy down, let's talk about some stuff we uh, didn't <laughs> like. Uh, so... We already talked about Keanu Reeves and how he's in this game. Another game that sort of had a quote-unquote high-profile actor was uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It had the dude from Gotham and Shameless. I don't actually know his name, Um, but he was motion-captured for this. It also has... um, Who's the dude uh, from um, Saul Guerrero? Uh, he's in it. Oh, Forrest uh, Whitaker, yeah. Forrest Whitaker's in it. Um, so they've got a few few big faces. And let me tell you, I was kind of excited because uh, the, the idea of like another Star Wars game sounded fun. And I watched this trailer for this game, and I was so bored. It just seems so... I don't know. Like, it's not just that it's been done before, but it just doesn't seem... just doesn't seem fun. How many Star Wars games can there possibly be? I guess that's, I'm saying that to a group of people that care about Star Wars a lot more <laughs> than I do, but, but but let's be real with ourselves here. How many different things from the Star Wars universe can we turn into a game? We've already seen racing, pod racing. We've already seen lightsaber combat. We've already seen blaster combat. 
what else is in Star Wars that needs to come to a game? Why do we have a new, like three new Star Wars games every year and all of them always seem to be, for the most part, seem to be lackluster? Can't we just do it right? Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of hopeful for this one. I'm, uh, I haven't watched much of this stuff, but the idea of playing through a big open world and I've heard it compared a bit to Bloodborne and Metroid, um, you know, and having this force powers and, and being able to, uh, you know, manipulate like blaster fire and reflect it with your lightsaber and have a droid with you could be fun. I think, I think that's a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful Cameron Monaghan, by the way, I had to look it up, but that's the name we couldn't think of earlier. Uh, the guy playing the Jedi, um, Eduardo, what what makes you the most disappointed about it, it though? Like, are you do you feel that you just don't care? Well, no, yeah, I I I watched the trailer and I felt nothing afterwards. I was like, yeah, that looks like any other game that has come out. It doesn't feel like it's doing anything special. It doesn't feel like it's it's using the Star Wars license to any sort of um, success, right? Like, it just feels like if you could have told me this was Spaceman plays adventures in space, and I would have been like, yep, that sounds about right, and it doesn't. <laughs> It isn't like there are definitely some like cool force power things in there, but one, it feels very slow and it feels very, I don't know. It just doesn't watch the trailer. And I guess you might see what I'm talking about, but it just doesn't, it doesn't jump out at you like a star Wars game I think should. And I think there's some sort of importance of relying on it being a star Wars game before you're actually putting in good gameplay and making a good product. Right. And that's what it feels like to me. It feels like they're putting out a star Wars game because they've got the star Wars name in there and everything else sort of takes a backseat. Dude, I feel like if that's the case, then the people don't really know star Wars fandom very well, because you can't just rely on the IP to save star Wars, because if the IP isn't exactly the empire strikes back, (laughs) then they're not going to like it. I'm also like, I've heard this sentiment online and I feel like I agree with it. I'm also just kind of bored with the white male star Wars protagonist. And I would love not just like, a person of color but like you know how many aliens there are like let me play a freaking like alien jedi that would be super sick but just another like random white dude with a lights that just doesn't it doesn't appeal the adventures to adventures of kit fisto <laughs> he never comes out yeah no but yeah no that's i mean that's a fair point because i there has been a lot of um eye rolling at and i think and i think it's justified as oh hey look another white dude jedi that's what we've had for um <laughs> 100 bits from cat board of white males <laughs> thank you eduardo for making sure that we're not 100 percent white male up here <laughs> way, uh, bringing the representation to squad up got it yeah, yeah, yeah no but yeah but i mean it's true and and it's so ridiculous to me that there are people out there that are actually upset that Ray is the main character of the new Star Wars. That's great. And people who are upset about like I I remember even before episode 7 came out, there were people who were upset because the first shot was uh, was a black man. Finn is great. He's the best, you Finn know. Finn is like, fantastic. Yeah, no. I love all those characters. I mean, you you know us. We're we're, we're cool people here. Um yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, it does seem like it's like, you know, you could have made a more interesting choice here. Um but yeah, no, I mean, even aliens, like you said, would would be a more interesting choice. It wouldn't be real world representation, but it would at least be something different. I mean, when and that that is the criticism of Star Wars in general, I guess, is that, you know, it's this whole huge universe and it's been focused on this one family for so long, really. Um, so, yeah, no, the, like there, there definitely could be some things that would be 
more that that could be a more interesting choice. Not saying that this game is going to be bad because of that. This game could be could end up being great. Who knows? Like we none of us have played it. So like I said, I'm that's the was that Gamora somehow makes it into the Ooh, Star Wars oh universe. Oh gosh, this is the Pat Oswalt filibuster she, from Parks and Rec. <laughs> she, has, she has a lightsaber, but it's a dagger instead of a sword. Yeah. Yo, that's what it's mm. got to be. She's the main character. Alien, female, dagger instead of full sword, trying to fight her way through the goons back to her universe where the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy live. And then it'd be like Star Wars people versus Marvel people. You know, the Emperor is trying to turn the Infinity Stones into Kyber crystals, and I don't know. Yeah. All of a sudden, you find out Captain yeah. America has so many midichlorians. Uh huh. <laughs> and he says, "Hail, Darth Plagueis <laughs> the Wise." Um, you know, that's a fun transition point because if we're talking about Star Wars in the MCU, <laughs> oh, yeah. the last thing that, we're, that um, both of you guys were disappointed by, and I will say I was also disappointed by this, was the Avengers reveal, right? Like, they hyped this up, the Square Enix Avengers game. This is what you're going to be playing. This is what you're going to see. And they showed this trailer off, and I think the game play would have been better received, or the trailer would have been better received if the characters didn't look so weird. And... Part of that, in my opinion, is due to them making them so realistic. Because they are so similar to the MCU, but not exactly the same, it makes them feel like bargain bin versions of the MCU rather than their own interpretation of the characters. (laughs) I saw a meme that like named all of them something kind of similar, (laughs) but not exactly the same, like Metal Guy and and, um, Sergeant USA. (laughs) And like, Dark Spider. Like they're all similar <laughs> to, but legally distinct from Marvel's. Yeah. It reminds me of um, the Justice Friends from the little shorts yeah. in Dexter's laboratory. Major Glory, the Incrackable Kronk, Valhalla. Like, like that's kind of what it reminds me of. And I'm kind of tired of people making the parallel to the MCU. Like, it seems like every time. Um, like I'm kind of venting about the way that those character models look or other people are. Somebody has to chime in who probably didn't even see the trailer that says like, well, you probably are just thinking of what they look like in the MCU. So it's not the same. Like, bitch, listen, I've seen what all of these people look like in several different art styles because I play other Marvel Mm -hmm. video games. I've seen pages of Marvel comic books. Every book has a different artist, you know? Right. Like, I know different variations of what all these characters look like, and most of these ones don't look right. Like, this is a weird variation. It's a weird take on them. Like, it looks like they're not intentionally trying to make Thor look like Fat Thor, but his armor looks like Fat Thor armor, and his head is really tiny. Tony literally looks like they took the face of the Gerber baby baby, and they put a chin strap on him, and then they put him in armor. Like, leave your helmet on, Tony. Um... Like, like they made Black Widow have a head the size of a Black house. Black Widow, I think, like, looks what the worst they... out of all of them. Yeah, right. She like, like that's not fair to her. Like, of all of them, Bruce looks the most normal. But they went and copied his wardrobe from the MCU, yeah. and they just put He's him in a the... purple button down, button down, and slacks. Like, like it's just. 
And, and I think you said this the other day, Eduardo. I don't think Square is used to making characters that are are white. Yeah, I don't. People. I don't think so either. Like I think about all of their games, and every single one of them is like a Japanese or Asian protagonist. And I don't think they're sort of used to making the American protagonist. I will say again, right. this one is, is being developed by fine. a team in Montreal, so who is also not American. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. So they only know Canadian. Everyone knows Canadians to look very different. <laughs> The Canadian Gerber babies with with chin strap you know, beards. It's I don't also know. really no knock. I will say Sorry. I did some digging and I um, watched a video of some folks who did. So they did like a behind the scenes for people who were there. You could sign up for it, and they showed off an hour of gameplay to um, people, but only behind the scenes. They didn't release any of this online. Mm. And the first thing that I saw in the video were the people going, "If they had released what we just saw instead of what they released." the entire narrative would be different. That's Apparently, the gameplay is really, really cool, and it's a lot of. it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, but what they've released so far to everyone looks like a pile of doo-doo. Yeah, the and, trailer was all story stuff with maybe a little bit of gameplay interspersed in, but you didn't get a feel for what the game is going to look like, and that's what I wanted to know. Or what the game even is, right? Like, we've gotten, like, some mention of what the game is, but, like, what even yeah, is the game like, going to be? Like, they want like it Destiny to be like a, me, but... yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't match up. And it's really disappointing to me because two of my favorite voice actors in video games are in this game, Troy Baker and Nolan North. They're both phenomenal. And that scene between Bruce and Tony, where they were yelling at each other. I love the voice acting there. It's just the, the, the facial, there's just something wrong with the character, right? Like the voices are there. They have the talent. They just need to better execute that. I think Tony actually looks better in his like fat Thor vibing in that. Like you get a sense that that's after everything that's happened. And Tony is the one that let himself go. I think he looks better when he let himself go compared to what in his armor. Like it's in it for me. It's not necessarily the way it looks. That is the most disappointing for me. I'm most disappointed. Like you guys were just saying about how, like we don't even really know what the game is going to be about yet. We don't we don't know what the game is going to play like. And part of me and maybe you know we're talking about E3 this episode and maybe this is like the right or the the wrong or the very right time to talk about this. I think in a way certain aspects of E3 are on their way out because we're in a place uh in our age, I guess, where all this information is immediately accessible on the internet as soon as anybody wants it to be accessible. Nintendo's already kind of going this way with having Nintendo Directs every so often. Sony's kind of trying to do the same thing. E3 is a great event. Like there's, con- It's basically a con, like it's a big convention. But we don't need to save all of this stuff for one time of year when we have the capacity to throw it out when we want to make people excited for things. I don't think that we need to do that anymore. I don't think we should do that anymore. And I think maybe they should have shown the gameplay at E3. I think they should have shown that trailer that they showed at E3 the week before or two weeks before. Get everybody hyped for it. Look at what we're doing, guys. Check this shit out. Then they'd have a week or so of people going, why does Black Widow's face look like a foot? But still, it it would have given people time to think about what the game was going to be And then sometime in the middle of the Square Enix portion of that conference, they go, check out this gameplay. And I think that would have worked a lot better. But I don't think we need E3 anymore for the purpose of 
here's 900 things that you guys haven't heard about yet. Because frankly, we have heard about a mm-hmm. lot of these things since the internet exists in the capacity that it exists in. So I think part of it for me is that, is that I, I don't think it, think it really fit well into E3 and they could have done way better showcasing it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, kind of what we've gone over. It's, yeah, the the look of the characters I'm not thrilled with, but I mean, that's stuff that can change. And I know part of the game will be getting like new costumes and everything for them. So hopefully not having to pay for them. But, you know, so that's not the biggest concern for me. It is more the lack of what we've seen in gameplay, the lack of clarity on what exactly they mean by sounds like they're kind of doing like a hybrid of a story-based game, but the game's a service model where they will be adding content and characters over time. And they have said that it's going to be like all of the playable stuff, like all the new characters and missions and everything will be free DLC. And I think that is great news. And if they had showed a bit more of the gameplay, that's what we'd all be talking about right now. The fact that you're not going to have to pay for expansions, or at least that's not in their plans, that that they are intending to make these expansions free. That's great because they've said their intention is to create a universe that you can play in for a long time, have it be sort of its persistent universe. And there are a couple things in the trailer that I think are are intriguing. Um, I'm not a fan of how they killed Captain America halfway through the trailer because he's my favorite. That's what I wanted to play <laughs> as, but I'm sure there's going to be some kind of twist. Uh, where he comes back Um, and they uh, and you can have positive or negative feelings about this, but it's implied. Some of the stuff they talk about is that this, uh, this generator uh, that is in, or the reactor that's in the helicarrier that explodes, it causes the whole problem is a Terrigen generator. Um, So that implies that the inhumans are going to be involved somehow. Um. The and I my theory is that the narrator of the trailer sounds like it's a young girl and she's talking about how exciting it was to meet the heroes. I'm like, okay, well that's got to be Miss Marvel then, Kamala Khan, uh, because that's her. Is like she's a big fangirl of the superheroes who ends up getting inhuman powers and becoming Miss Marvel. And you know that's a great character. So if you bring that in, you know that that there's a lot of potential there for some cool stuff in the future. And they have not yet said if this is set, they have not confirmed or denied if this is set in the same universe as the Spider-Man game, which I think is interesting. The fact that they are not specifying because there is a throwaway line in Spider-Man when he looks at Avengers Tower where he says, oh, yeah, I hear they're on the West Coast right now doing something. And this game starts with them setting up the West Coast Avengers facility. So connection? Yes, Hmm. no, I don't know. That, That could be interesting having a completely like two different studios working in the same universe. Like, Hey, that sounds like something they've done in the movies. Um, whether or not that will be a thing, who knows? Uh, does it matter if it is not really? Uh, I know taskmaster looks a little bit different in this than he did in Spider-Man. Um, but you know, I would love to just be talking about all this stuff and being excited, but just the fact that they are being so murky on what the game is actually going to be, it's I am before this, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see more about Avengers. And now I'm like, I'd really like to hear some more about Avengers because I'm not sold on it yet. I want to be excited about a game where I could potentially link up with you guys, play co-op and do some fun team attacks and everything. But I mean, that's 
that's Ultimate Alliance 3 at this point, isn't it? <laughs> so... Right, like, right yeah. now, if I look at these two games, I'm just, it just gets me more excited for Ultimate Alliance 3 because I'm more excited for that than I am for this, right? Like, it sounds like they're doing a lot of the same things, but Ultimate Alliance 3 looks a lot cooler right now. And we will yes. play that. Also, uh, Kat in the chat a second ago said she thinks there should be a weekly squad-up group gameplay. for this. We did that on my channel, remember? That was like... That was the thing that we did when we first started streaming was one day a week we would record the podcast and then we'd go from the podcast to playing some sort of squad game together. And we did that for a while. Um, we just kind of got bored with the games that we were able to play. So we together. just have to find a game for us all to play. First off, we're going to have Mario Maker, but we got to see uh, when that actually you know comes out. Until then, we might find something in the meantime. I'll do some digging, see if I can figure this out. Yeah, weekly. It was weekly. It was like on yeah, Thursday. It was every Thursday we used to do that. Um, yeah, we, we can, will. We can get back to that. Yeah, there's a lot of squad games so we can set up an arena and smash, or you know, just you mix it up. We'd have, to, we'd have to pick a game, and we'd have to not take an hour and a half to set up every <laughs> podcast episode, so that we had time to do the stream yeah. afterwards. <laughs> that's like an it all of us always thing. That's take like us a while to get started. It's, it's the podcast kryptonite. <laughs> Just so the world knows, we are always like, we set a time, and whatever time we set to start podcasting that day, we start 90 yeah, minutes we after we were supposed that to start time. at 12 That's today. That was the plan. <laughs> and here we are. So, it's out there now. Um, so, we'd have, to, we'd have to fix a couple of those things. A thing called Modar or something. Modar. One does not simply walk into Modar. <laughs> well i think that's gonna do it for this episode of squad up um thank you everybody for for coming and listening and for for, for listening um to all the episodes so far and any episodes that we're going to be doing here in the future um just to give you guys a little bit of heads up today a little later today or tomorrow on your rss feeds if you search for assembly required you will find episode zero of our brand new podcast assembly required and mcu retrospective we're all really really proud of this podcast it's something that we all have a sort of a passion for and we've all collectively been working really hard on it um, in different ways and so i would really really ask anybody who if you have time please give it a listen because i think you'd really really enjoy it i'll say it's um, also currently in the squad up feed as well we released it uh just before we started recording as a bonus episode on the squad up feed as well the uh uh the pilot episode of assembly required absolutely so at least give it a listen there see if you like it and then go over and subscribe to the new rss feed for assembly required uh but i think that's going to do it today for myself for peaches for chris um peaches why don't you let the folks know where they can find you on the internet yeah, y'all know uh, D underscore Peaches on, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Peaches, P-E-A-C-H-3-Z. Catch me there on uh, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And also, just a quick plug, the uh, yesterday, I was going to say the other day, but it was literally yesterday, I decided um, with the new logo that I received, another surprise, new logo on Peaches channel. Um, that I wanted to have that logo on a hat. So I created a merchandise shop literally for <laughs> myself that has other stuff in it too, in case anyone else was interested, so that I could buy a hat with my new logo on it. That shop is live, and it just exists out there on the internet on a site called Spreadshirt. 
Um, in the first 14 days of that shop existing, everything on the site is 15% off. So if you've ever thought to yourself, huh, that Peaches guy is kind of okay, uh, I will support him by buying merchandise with his new logo on it. You can do that. The site is shop.spreadshirt.com slash peaches. So you can find some merch there. Like I said, first 14 days, it's 15% off. But there's hats, there's coffee mugs, there's shirts, and there's like a sweatshirt. So there's some cool stuff there. I'm really excited about it. I've got a bunch of it coming in the mail. Uh, I'm very vain, and I ordered a ton of my own merchandise. So I will be showing it off on my stream and on my social medias in case you need to be convinced that you need this this gear. Yeah, and that's I, all I, I will just say to <laughs> piggyback off that plug, um, that shop.spreadshirt.com slash peaches, that is P-E-A-C-H-3-Z. That probably goes without saying, yeah, yeah. but just in so- case it doesn't go without saying, it's that. It's the normal <laughs> way he spells peaches. Yeah. <laughs> uh- yeah. Chris, normal. how about you? Where can the folks find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at GatorSax2010. Um, that's about it. <laughs> that's, uh, and uh, <laughs> hey, listen to Squad Up and uh, and Assembly Required. You can hear me there too. But we cool. already talked about that. Yeah. Uh, if you're not already here on the Twitch, we do record Squad Up live. Twitch.tv slash ABCD Eduardo. Maybe one day I'll come back to streaming. We'll see what the cards hold there. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter to talk about nonsense at ABCD Eduardo one, um, once again, that's going to do it for myself or Chris for peaches. Um, good luck. Have fun. And. Banjo! Banjo! Bye everybody. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Sound Lord. Big Tariff. Sound Lord. Featuring Big Big Tariff. I love Big Tariffs. I love Featuring Tariffs. Get it. 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 Mario. Get it. Ignore it. I love Banjo!